0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City.
2: Wow, wow, wow. Allez le bleu, as he said, which means go the blue for France. And what a day for Esteban Ocon. We've had a couple of weeks of great sport in the Olympics, but I think that rivals it. Uh, That had everything. Uh, The Hungarian Grand Prix in the books and, quite frankly, a classic.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, fantastic to see just everything that played a part. We talked about elbows out. In the beginning, <laughs> that, I didn't expect Botas to be putting his out, but uh, but it worked.
2: He did put his elbows out. He got the chrome chrome. Uh,
3: yeah, chrome you know, foghorn out. Yeah, what a, uh, what a crazy mess in the beginning, and uh, that certainly shook things up. You know, Ocon cashed in big off of it. Vettel is back up on podium. Gosh, it
2: feels like it's first time forever. Wow, that was incredible. Uh, I believe Dave's on the line. Your thoughts, Dave?
4: Hey, um, I think you need a week to digest it, really, and come up with. <laughs> I mean, that was just fantastic. Sitting sitting at home watching it. it was it's brilliant. It's what you want to see, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that is what we've been hoping for. Uh, as Jack uh, Nichols said in commentary, you know, he, or as Ted Kravitz, excuse, excuse me, said he's been waiting twelve years to see Alonso and Hamilton like that. That was phenomenal,
3: and you know,
2: I loved
3: watching Hamilton and Alonso go at it. There was several laps there. They were just on it with each other. All those kinds of things where you know, the inside. Alonzo was driving in his rearview mirror. You know he was staring at that rearview mirror watching what Ham was doing. He had played the same lines. He had set him up a couple of times and was positioned off of the primary race line.
2: You know, and if you're um, a non-fan of Lewis Hamilton, of which there are some, Um, who think, well, he's got the best car, he's bound to win every time, and Mercedes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You can't doubt those skills today. Um, I mean, it was a phenomenal drive. Although, I have to ask the question, um, and when we get Bob, I want to talk to him about that because he messaged me during the race saying, you know, what on earth was Mercedes thinking starting him on intermediates? I mean, there there were so many bizarre things happening. Um, I mean, not only did we see some great racing, we also saw some bizarre decisions.
3: Yeah, that was, uh, to me, that was really risky. But, you know, I have to think when I see something like that, you know, knowing they've got a million gigabytes, I don't know. We, we need John Massengale here for storage size. Too many.
4: That's the problem, Les. Too many.
2: Too many.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: By the way, John Massengale is on an Anorak tour. He's, um, he's off at the moment. Um, he's gone to nerd camp, I think, or nerd summer camp. Okay. Nerd alert! alert. Yeah. There
3: you go. He's you he's go. trying
2: to work out uh, the fans of each, each computer.
3: <laughs> so callback from last week. Yeah. He'll
4: he'll be back. I, he'll um, be back for spa.
2: But I'm. We're here all week.
4: Go ahead, Dave. Jonathan, what what's the what's the story going to be with? Um... You know, conspiracy theories with Bottas taking out the two Red Bulls. I mean, that's got to keep us going for another week, hasn't it?
2: Well, I was about to say, he did his job, didn't he? I mean, he's both, he wants to keep his drive. So the drive, the job is defend Hamilton at all costs. And if you can, you. beat, beat the Red Bulls. That's exactly what he did in turn one.
3: Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, one of the things as I looked at all that shrapnel that was out on the ground after that melee, cars and pieces, dogs, cats, all of that... Tops but you know what cats. goes? You know what that uh, really kind of hits a spot that goes beyond today. Repair cost of all of those cars go against their cost cap. Wow. Think of that kind of thing, and then think of uh, Musta Spin and the cost of his drive. Mustaspin. Spin. Yeah. Think of his the cost of his drive.
2: Yeah. Well, he could afford it. He's making fertilizer. (laughs) I tell you, (laughs) he's making
3: fertilizer out of his car.
2: Uh, Dave O'Neill, on a serious note, Ocon, what a drive. Um, I mean, you know, Alpine, that was good decision-making. They weren't really in the hunt uh, at the start of the race, but boy, did they take advantage of when they got in a position to do so.
5: Yes,
4: absolutely fantastic, and that kid deserves it. Um, He's done nothing but good all the way through his career. He started off with absolutely nothing. Um, I don't think he even had a car until he started at uh, Renault, you know, never owned a car. So um, he's come from nowhere, um, and he deserves it, and he's a hard worker, and he's a talented young kid, and um, it's come to him. So I'm, I'm really happy for him.
2: Yeah, I am too. I mean, for those who don't know, you're right. Ocon comes. His father runs a garage um, in the rural area of France. Um, you know, he's with with all due respect, he's he's relatively a lowly mechanic. He's he's very similar to how Hamilton got there. He's he's done it by pure hard work uh, and tenacity. And at 24, um, I was worried that Alonso. Um, could, I said at the beginning of the season or when Alonso got the drive, it could be the making or the breaking of someone like Ocon because he's done it to other drivers, including Hamilton. Um, and when Alonso joins a team, he makes it his own and they didn't bring Alonso in for him not to do that. Um, but Ocon is fighting his way and he's finding his way and I think this, this uh, win will help a lot.
4: Absolutely.
3: I don't think you can bring in somebody, a, a champion into any team, and the team not gravitate towards him. We're leaning towards sure. him. Uh, and and so, you know, I wouldn't want that to come off as in, you know, they're playing favorites. Well, of course they are.
2: <laughs> wouldn't you? So, so let, we're waiting for Bob to get back on, but but uh, Dave, just tell me uh, what the thinking of Toto Wolf and the team to put Lewis on intermediates, on the grid, on his own, and then come in a lap later. Well,
4: I, I mean, I, I think they, you know, they obviously went with, the knowledge they had and and by the sounds of it, the knowledge they had was that there was going to be, you know, a decent amount of rain. Um, and you know, that, that was their, their risk they took. Um, they probably thought it was a calculated risk. Um, huge amount of, you know, weather information to look at. Um, and again, you know, that's the direction they went. Um, to win, sometimes you have to take the chance. Um, and again, this time, this time they didn't get it right. So, um, And they made a mess of it, really. But, you know,
2: that's the long and the short of it. And Hamilton now seven points clear in the championship. I mean, what a difference two weeks makes. Uh, One minute going into the British Grand Prix. Verstappen and Red Bull are flying high. They tried everything in the book uh, to try and get a bigger penalty for Hamilton. But as it stands, Hamilton gets a first and a third in two weeks and takes the championship lead again.
4: Yeah. I think the um, the the other winners, you know, on the on the podium are Williams. You know, what a fantastic yeah. result for Williams. Show it's that way around. You know, with the amount of effort uh, Russell's put into getting the team going in a in a forward direction. You know, as a as a driver. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, I can feel I can feel their feelings. You know, when you score a point in a team and you're in the back of the grid, they didn't do that. They scored four or five points, but. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant for the Williams
2: team. Yeah, and it's a team united too. Russell came on the radio mid-race and said, um, if you need me to back up Nicky, um, you know, use me, as it were, to to do so. And I think that's a, a really important factor, that they've got a team together there. Uh, they've got a, a huge talent in Russell who may be there or not there. Uh, and either way, if they don't uh, keep uh, Russell, they're going to get someone like Botas or somebody good the, the stuff going on in the background, I've been following Williams very closely. They've had uh, a huge amount of different sponsors, mainly from America, given that they've got this American investor now, um, including another, I can't remember the name of the company, but there was another new company coming in this weekend. So things, when you look at uh, where Williams were a year ago, uh, no question in my mind that uh, this is going to be a huge, huge thing for everybody at their factory.
4: So we um, we we also um, Gasly. He he did a great
2: job as well. So. Oh gosh, yeah. And and, and and to be honest, the the year that Gasly's having is absolutely fantastic. Um, I I I still I'm still taking my hat off to whatever uh, AlphaTauri has done behind the scenes because that car is competitive and Gasly is on top of his game, no question.
4: Battle as well, we have to we have to give him. Um, give him credit the the other thing is who um who got driver of the day ah good question
2: um i don't know uh alonso got driver of the day good good call bob um like i I was trying to get you earlier but um like i said you've seen a fair few classics from the Hungaro ring but that was right up there wasn't it
6: oh absolutely i mean that was just stunning stuff i mean there's from the fiasco and the opening lap to the incredible battles coming back all the way through the field. I mean, watching Alonzo and Hamilton going after each other and Sainz and Hamilton and Vettel and Ocon, And, you know, who who can say that that's not some of the best racing you'll ever see? Yeah.
2: I, I apologize,
6: by the way. I wanted to hear what Ocon had to say in his Twitter interview before I rejoined.
2: Well, then then tell us, because we've been chuckling away. What did uh, Esteban say? Uh, you know, to be honest, I think he was totally
6: gobsmacked by the whole thing. He'd, it's kind of like when Eddie Cheever won the Indianapolis 500, got out of the car and said, you know, I never thought this would happen. so I never thought of got, anything that I wanted to say. <laughs> he when didn't he prepare a speech. And it was just like that, you know. It, it, here's a guy who stepped away from the sport for a year. He was thought of maybe as a, a B-list, maybe somebody's good number two. And then he goes out here at the Hungaro ring under pressure from a four-time world champion, never puts a wheel wrong. I mean, that that kid was just a total ace today. If Alonso didn't get driver of the day, I think Ocon definitely should.
2: Yeah, and Alpine uh, should as well. Uh, The first time since a Frenchman in a French car has won a Grand Prix since 1983, Alain Prost, um, back in the day. And it's the first time since Ocon has won a single-seater race since 2013, GP3. And that was also the last time that uh, the Renault team Uh, Won a race, and funnily enough, it was uh, Alonso. Yeah.
4: Love those stats.
2: Yeah, uh, it it really is a lovely story for a lot of reasons. But more importantly, uh, Dave, as we sort of head for the summer break, I know as a team leader, this is where you kind of take stock uh, you start to think about uh, what you did right and what you did wrong for the second half of the season although it's almost a second third of the season uh, plus because we've got twenty three races we're told um what are your what do you know what are your thoughts of overall going into the summer break yeah well I mean especially from the human aspect it's time for people to spend time with their families
4: um whether they can go on holiday or not but you know being at home for a an amount of time with the kids and the family and um, getting it together, but on the um, on the uh, the business side of things, you know, the, the main thing is you get time to sort of draw a line in the sand and see what you did right and wrong and um, come back stronger for the for the latter part of the season. But it's normally a break that is well deserved um, within the community, um, and of course everyone will be um, packing up as quick as they can. The rain normally comes in, so you're normally packing up in the wet. Um, but yeah, it's a good good time of the season.
2: Yeah, no question about it. And in terms of the overall battle between Red Bull and Mercedes, is this going to roll on, or is somebody going to start dominating?
4: I, I think it needs to roll on, and it and it is going to roll on. Um, there, there's no one that's got the um, the upper legs. We went to a, a circuit here today that you know is um, is a little bit twisty and not too much an advantage down the straight. Um, and then the rest of the season, you know, there's some big circuits coming up. Um, so I don't I don't personally think anyone's going to um, stretch their legs too far. And I think we have a nice battle um, coming into the, the second part of the season.
2: Unless, you know, we, we talked about the amazing, you know, we talked about the controversy of Silverstone. But, um, you know, we talked about the amazing racing too. Let's not forget that. Yes, there was a big incident, but that's always going to happen. Uh, when you get racing as close to this, and it could easily have happened today, but it didn't uh, in terms of, uh, well, after the start, I mean. <laughs> but in terms of the actual racing at the end there, um, I mean, that's, that's pure drop, tr- drop, uh, top-draw racing.
3: Absolutely. That's exactly what we've been looking for. Uh, we saw it today. Certainly, uh, the Turn 1 made it happen, to be quite honest. I mean, I still feel like Hamilton would have just plowed right through and run for his own lead and been gone. You know, up until the time lapping, because we did get back into the lapping situation towards the end. Mm-hmm. But great for the rest of the the field uh, was a great mix up of cars. I don't know if we would have got that without that turn that uh, first lap melee.
2: And there's a couple of what might have been and what actually happened. I'm thinking McLaren Norris could have been so much more competitive had he not been taken out. Uh, and again, where was Ricardo Bob? This is not turning out to be a season to remember uh, for Daniel Ricciardo.
6: No, it definitely isn't. And uh, your thoughts go out to a guy who has won Grand Prix before. He he knows he's got the stuff, and it's just he just doesn't have the car under him. And I don't know what the solution is because his teammate, Lando, is obviously so successful in that car, so you don't want to change much if you don't have to. But uh, you know, to Dave's point about what might happen over this four-week break, These teams are working on next year's cars, which are totally different from Mm. this year's cars under the new rules. They're also operating under the new Formula One cost cap. So, you know, here you are, your Mercedes, your Red Bull, so closely matched. The midfield is closing up on you performance-wise, and yet you've got to devote all your resources to next year's car. So what do you do about being competitive for this year's world championship? Mercedes has said they've already brought their last updates. Red Bull hasn't said anything on the subject, and I'm sure they're working on something. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting when we go to Spa and Monza and Sochi and Koda and all the places we'll be going to in the second half of this season because uh, teams have some very hard decisions to make about how they allocate their resources, and we'll see the fruits of that
2: on the other side. You're listening to Bob Varsha and Dave O'Neill, two of the most learned folk in uh, America right now on Formula One. Join us after this break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. You can take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com.
0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Call from mom. Answer
0: it. Call silenced.
6: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: Hi, guys, this is Piergasti, and you're listening to Speed City.
2: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. You can have the Hunger Games. We had the Hungry Games today, and the Olympic Games continues. But I'll tell you what, that had everything that uh, some of the great Olympic uh, moments have had as well because there was all sorts going on in that race, the Hungarian Grand Prix in the books. And while the results may look similar to some in terms of Hamilton, perhaps, it'll not look very similar to anything else we've seen given. um, Usually, uh, and Bob... Uh, you were telling me about this. You know, you, there's nowhere to overtake in Hungary, and yet we've had the most bizarre result uh, because of rain, because of the crash, and because of just the circumstances.
6: Yeah, and it's uh, it's remarkable, I think, and it tells you a lot about the nature of today's race. Yeah, we lost four of the top eight cars in the first lap, but in 35 previous runnings of this race, it was only one by anybody outside the first two rows of the grid twice, and that was Jensen Button in 06, Nigel Mansell in 1989. Today, all four cars on the eighth and ninth rows, Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, Yuki Tsunoda in the Alfa and both George Russell and Nicolette Latifi in the Williams, All scored. 15, 16, 17, and 18th place starters all scored points. You know, that tells you how crazy
5: today was.
2: Got a caller on the line. Um, Let's hear from our caller. Go ahead, George. Go ahead. What's up?
5: Good morning, gentlemen. I want to thank you for your commentary. Gentlemen, you do a stellar job and you really bring it home. Um, First, I'm a person, I despise the Hungarian ring, (laughs) I hate it. I hate it with a passion. And, Of course I stayed up all night watching the Olympics and uh, missed it but today So, was so you're vibe. a bit punchy. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. And it was a it's an instant classic. I mean literally I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Um this is why I, this this is why I love the sport. And because you never know you never know what can happen and um cheers all around to you know to the winners. But I want to ask the um you know to everyone who's been into sport two questions one do you see any driver's changes over the um over the over the break and two and i know this is probably going to deflect some from you know the main conversation um the hot situation is that something that's just will that right itself or it's just it is what it is
2: that's a Great question, George. And because uh, Super Dave, as I call him, uh, has got to go back to work now, I'm going to put him on the spot because he was the team manager back in 2017 of this said Haas team. So he is the appropriate person to answer that question. And maybe he'll also go to what might happen in the summer silly season in terms of driver changes. Dave, what do you think? Hey,
4: so hi, George. Um, So driver changes, typically not. You know, unless someone's injured or um, picks up an injury over the summer break, um, so that's pretty much where the drivers will stay. Regarding the house question, um, you know, it, it's sad to see, um, but also when you um, when you take a look and a step back from it all, they are having a, a rebuild year, um, and we've seen Will Williams do it, and we've seen them progress back slowly. Um, I think that the key to it all is what you know, what advantage can they do from putting the effort into next year's calm now? Um, and also with the budget change, how much more of an advantage the smaller teams can have um, in with, with with being able to react to, um, you know, spending the money which they've always been spending and using it resourcefully, whereas the bigger teams are coming down with a huge budget and, um, you know, they're having to lay um, several hundred people off, you um, on that side of things, and with that, obviously, you can't analyse as much as you used to and make the gains that they did. You know, it's all small gains, very, very small gains all the way around. So, um, you know, they've signed a five-year concord agreement. Um, they're, you know, first year into it now, and um, I think we just have to be patient. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, and, you know, F1, when you're into the detail of it, it's so complicated that you have to know, if you're out or you've made a mistake on the cooling of the car to begin with, um, you you have a year, and that's the year to recover. So, I hope that answers your question. I don't think they're down and out. They have a good power plant. You know, they've got they've got um, what Ferrari have got and Alpha have got. Um, you just got to get the aero right. I don't think they've got two best drivers on the field that they could have, but there's obviously reasons for that.
2: Yep, good answer, and I hope that suffices, George, after what was an incredible Hungarian Grand Prix. I think we'll take another short break, and when we come back, we will be discussing more of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Join us after this.
5: I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking
1: about. is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City.
2: Welcome back to Speed City here in Austin, Texas, where we have been looking at the Hungarian Grand Prix, a cracking Hungarian Grand Prix that had everything really uh, right from the get go, including one of the most bizarre starts where one competitor, uh, Lewis Hamilton, chose to drive on intermediates with nobody else on the grid. The only time I've ever seen anything like that was, well, you could look at Indianapolis a few years ago, um, but it's in MotoGP when Jack Miller was the only one uh, in a similar situation that did that in motorcycle racing and was left to, to start on his own. Um, so quite bizarre, lots going on, and um, we've also got a caller on the line. Drew's on the line from Houston, Texas. Drew, what's on your mind?
6: Hey guys, good job as always.
8: I got two thoughts. First one, how about Mick Schumacher giving the business to her stopping in front of everyone in the whole world? <laughs> yeah. the driving?
5: <laughs> Very true. Off
8: the
3: old block. I like that.
8: It- Oh, it was, it's so good to see a Schumacher in F1, and it's so good seeing Mick race for Haas. I mean, it just warmed my heart.
2: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I was talking to Bob about this yesterday. Uh, worth mentioning, there is a documentary coming out on uh, Netflix soon. I know a lot of people have been watching Drive to Survive, but uh, there is a Schumacher documentary, which his family, his wife, and um, Sabine, his uh, manager, have been part of. Um, And, Bob, uh, there's another one as well, right?
6: That's right. There's a uh, Bernie Ecclestone uh, documentary uh, in the works that has Bernie's support. So uh, that should be interesting. Of course, Bernie was famous for withholding his support from the several biographies that were written about him, including uh, one by the old uh, Formula One medical director, Dr. Sid Watkins, his wife. Tried to write a Bernie Ecclestone uh, book, and as I believe it, he originally supported the book, and then withdrew his support and tried to prevent its publication. Typical Bernie. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so we'll have uh, new documentaries looking at the lives of uh, one of Formula One's greatest drivers, and certainly the man. Who made Formula One what it is today?
2: Yeah, no question about it.
6: Hey, before <laughs> I go, next time we
8: get Hass on the radio, someone from the team, can we get some 2020 merch released? We're trying to spend our
3: dollars. Come on, guys. Yeah, oh, good go.
2: shout out. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't agree more.
3: There you go. There you go.
2: Well, we'll get on that. We'll get Gunter on the line, and we'll we'll get Dave O'Neill to give him a a, a twist on that. But thanks for calling, Drew. Now we got another caller on the line from Illinois. Who's this, George? Yes, hi. Hey, George.
8: Okay. well, I just I just said to the, one of your associates, "We hardly ever watched Formula One Racing until we watched the Netflix series. Awesome. And by watching the Netflix series, we at least feel we got to know a little bit more about the personalities of the various drivers and the principles and some of the motivations of the people in racing, at least that part of racing. And it's made things more exciting or more interesting. I look at the website on Formula One. I watched the entire race, even though I've got a to cook today. Uh, but I truly enjoyed, and I thought this was an amazingly exciting race, watching so many people exhibit amazing skills and courage uh, in this race.
2: No question about it. I hope you're making Hungarian borscht then in honor of what was a great uh, race. What did you, what what particularly stood out for you? Who's Who's your man, as it were?
8: Well, you know what? I, I'm i one of those people who don't have a fan. I'm not a fan of any team. Mm-hmm. I just like to watch excellence in the sport and different strategies. And, I, I mean, uh, from seeing uh, the winner win, uh, Alonzo and Hamilton in that contest right there, yeah. uh, the risk-taking that Norris took, and he actually succeeded amazingly you know, to get where he got at the start of the race. Yeah. I mean, there were so many things like that throughout the race. You know, the strategies of, uh, of people thinking that they were going to, you know, whether it was Mercedes at the pole position with nobody else, <laughs> different tires. I mean, it, it had everything. It had strategy, courage, skill. Excitement that had everything, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, you know, you, you make a good point, yeah, yeah. and Americans around uh, around the U.S. are starting to now understand that, that Formula One is intricate, and that's the best way I can say it. Um, it's just, it's a bit like when you really open up the, the, the Pandora's box that is at NFL. And if you don't know it, as a foreigner, you know, you come here watching American football, and, and the quarterback throws the guy to the, you know, go, but then there's so much more going on, and you realize that, and it's the same with Formula One. You know, if you're looking for something really simple, it ain't Formula One. But once you realize the intricacies of what is going on and the money involved and what it takes to do what they do, I think you'll find that this is a fascinating sport, which just keeps on giving. Uh, Some races aren't as exciting as that one was, um, but that's when you look at the strategy. That's when you, you know, you realize that it's a 23 long game in terms of races. Um, What about coming down to Austin? Are you you coming down for the F1? Uh, that's That's an interesting question. I haven't thought about it that far. Um, You know, we've still
8: got, I hate to say it, we've still got issues with the pandemic over here. Yeah. Um, And they're they're not getting better. You know, and I was also, shout out to Williams, uh, George Russell, and the team for making the best of what they had available to them. You know, uh, I I know they say Alpina, but in America we say Alpine. You know, Mm -hmm. it's amazing what they did. You know, look at, I, you can see that I am really interested in seeing a variety of different exhibitions of uh, effort and intelligence. And that, that's what I enjoy about sports, whether it's basketball, football, baseball. And I like to see the combination of everything being exhibited as a fan.
2: Yeah, it's I and mean, you, you you pinpointed it perfectly. Alpine's story uh, this weekend alone is fascinating, and their history over the last. Well, last decade, um, for those of you who knew the Renault team when they were the world champion winning and beating championship, both with Williams as an engine supplier and then as, uh, you know, the Renault as a team too, uh, to see them now coming back uh, and becoming uh, a force to be reckoned with, especially with Alonso back to the top of his game, no question about it.
3: Hey, and uh, speaking of Renault, I was speaking to our, our buddy Andy Stobart. Oh, who yeah. is the head press officer for Renault f1 some time ago stay tuned he is uh, bringing some special guests to us here in the next couple of weeks
2: yeah uh good to hear andy stobart still involved at the, uh, the sharp end of motor racing and he'll be here i'm sure in october bob uh, you know we catch our breath towards the uh, summer break um but i think the intensity is just going to ramp up in the next few weeks oh no question No
6: question. I mean, we heard what Dave said earlier about he doesn't expect much in the way of driver announcements during the break, but they are surely coming. I mean, the big Mercedes announcement about whether Botas will be replaced, has uh, Sergio Perez done enough to retain his seat uh, alongside Max Verstappen? Uh, Pierre Gasly told the press some time ago that he's hearing from other teams, so there may be some movement there, though he'd probably have to move out of the uh, Red Bull system to do it um you know daniel ricardo can't get his act together who knows uh the two seats at alpha Tor- at alpha romeo mm-hmm. um and uh you know who knows what happens uh, at williams if russell moves over to the factory what? mercedes team so there's all of that that's going to be bubbling away as we go forward and i'm sure some of the teams are are gnashing their teeth because they're not only will they not be on the road racing but their factories will be shut down. And it goes back to what I said earlier about mm-hmm. all the work that still needs to be done for 2022, aside from this year's championship chase, um, you know, you'll be able to hear the crickets around the formula one factories for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And, That'll make folks a little
2: nervous. Yeah, but they need the break. They need the time off, as Dave O'Neill rightly said. Let me talk about those dominoes, though, because let's just state the obvious. I know a lot of fans out there know this, but let's just state it as we know it. Um, The belief is that George Russell uh, will move from Williams to Mercedes. That's the talk. Uh, He's already had a Grand Prix for Mercedes, which he could well have won, um, and has proved himself, and he continues to do so at Williams. Um, He's a Mercedes asset, But um, if that domino falls, then who replaces him at Williams? The talk is that Botas could do a straight swap. Uh, Mm. The other option for Botas could be to replace Raikkonen. Uh, at Alfa Romeo, because Raikkonen can't go on forever. He's 83 now, I think. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, but um, I think he's getting to the end of his uh, time in Formula One. Uh, and as you say, both seats could be available, Giovannazzi. You're right. Gasly's stock is high. Ricardo's stock is low. Norris's is, is stratospherically high. Um, and what about Ocon? Former Mercedes asset, now with Renault. Could they? Right come into the, could he come into the picture? Yeah, and these are
6: important relationships, uh, you know, for uh Botas to go to Alpha, he'd have to switch from being a Mercedes driver to a Ferrari driver. And that's, you know, that's significant given the way Formula One works and the driver associations, not only with their teams but with their manufacturers.
2: Well, Bob, we got another Cora on the line. It's Cody from San Francisco. Go ahead, West Coast. Gentlemen, how
9: are you? What a uh, what a drive today. Um, so impressed with Esteban Ocon and, and what he was able to accomplish. Um, just, you know, taking advantage of, of a bit of fortune there, but ultimately, you know, just so great to kind of see a, a, a refreshing uh, refreshing podium today. One thing that I really wanted to touch on, you know, is uh, you mentioned Daniel Ricardo, obviously an easy guy to root for, but really has not... Been able to find his footing since leaving Red Bull, and you know, just uh, just wanted to get your guys' take on on um, you know his his status at McLaren and what what's it going to take for him to ultimately you know uh, uh, get get back to the ways that we saw you know with him many years ago now uh, because you know he's uh, somebody that I, I I think obviously has still has the talent. Um, but, but, you know, whether it just be a string of luck or whatever, hasn't, you know, he just hasn't had a, uh, hasn't, it, it's just been tough for him. Uh, so just curious mm-hmm. to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, and, and again, what a, what a drive today. Just a fantastic race.
2: Let's pick up that Andy conversation Sto- about Ricardo.
3: Andy Stobart. Again. Used to, yeah, we just mentioned him a few minutes ago, used to be Daniel Ricardo's press officer. That's right. I would love to have that question him. My thoughts are he's he's going to say something about, ah, oh, it's a very different mindset of Red Bull. Red Bull, he became number two driver. And then, uh, you know, the vehicles are a very different approach to design between those, uh, between what he's dealing with now as well as when it was Renault, uh, when he was in the Renault car. Mm-hmm. Um, each driver has a little bit different style in the way, like, the car is engineered as well as the way it's set up. And we saw that with... Uh, Sebastian Vettel. And yeah. I wonder if he's not struggling with the same ben. obstacles.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we when we started talking about this at the beginning of the season, because um, let's face it, Ricardo has struggled right from the get-go with this car. And we tried to drill into it, or at least the journalists in Formula One did. And he was asked about it several times. And Norris has a way of driving that car. And let's face it, that car has been kind of designed around him. Um, simply because of the movement that has been within the team science and so on. So Ricardo came in there and just couldn't get comfortable with the I think the front of the car uh, and using the tires. But that's about as much as I can remember from the start of the season. Bob helped me out. Um but what's your take? why Why is Ricardo not coming to grips with that McLaren?
6: Well, you know it's uh, he, I will say he's in good company. We've seen other drivers struggle to get to terms with their cars. Uh, Alonso has had some success now as an Alpine driver. Uh, Ricardo Leso, Ricardo's such an easy guy to like, which is probably the tragedy of this whole situation. He bears the number three on his car because he's a big fan of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Um, I will say this, with regard to Ricardo and 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 Pere, uh, Perez and Sainz, and I'm trying to think of all the guys who are in a car for the first time this year. At the end of this year, the needle goes back to zero because mm-hmm. next year's cars are going to be radically different from this year's cars so anybody you know the total wolves of the world who are making decisions on drivers have to keep that in mind is you know am i worried about the way a driver is performing in my car now i got to think about how he might perform in that car that very different car he's going to have next year my hero guy may be having trouble with the car next year and an experienced guy like uh, a science and like a um, Ricardo, you know, might shine in a brand new car if he can comes to grips with it uh, so quickly. So that's a factor to consider too. But as to why Daniel is is struggling, uh, boy, I don't know. And I don't think he knows.
2: This is Speed City. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right,
7: Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate.
1: Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate.
7: You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from myplates.com. They're so memorable. And
1: I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from myplates.com. Top 13.7, the right choice.
7: Hi, this is Jay Leno from Garage.com, and you're listening to Speed
0: City.
1: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
2: Only Jay Leno can say Speed City like he does. Uh, fantastic <laughs> stuff. Um... So much to talk about, and as one of our callers said, you know, uh, Formula One is so layered thick in a layer cake of so many different things besides the racing. And one thing I want to bring up, Les, is something we all noticed. A certain Bobby Epstein, the chairman and CEO of the Circuit of the Americas... We know that guy. We do know that guy. He is a local here. We know him well. Um, Does this add to the rumor, and if you haven't heard it, Cota could be getting a second race. Liberty of Promise 23. People are dropping like flies when it comes to um, other races around the world. Could Austin host a second okay. Formula One race?
3: Here's the thing we know. Cases of COVID are on the rise in Mexico and Brazil, and they're not as controlled or responsive as they say for so many other places. So could count against those two races.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We've already heard they've won 23 races. I mean, that, that ties into the teams. That ties into everything coming over to the U.S. for one single race is, is, makes that a really expensive race operationally. Yeah.
2: Although it would include going to Mexico and, and Brazil, well,
3: presumably. Yeah, if they stay on course. So,
2: makes second race
3: here, operationally, having been around the operations world, to set up your circus tent one time and put on two shows is really a smart decision versus turning apart yeah. and going to a second show,
4: mm-hmm.
3: second site to do it. I'm totally behind staying here i think they've got that option to stay here i think it's a very solid opportunity after seeing bobby there why would bobby travel across the world in the middle of yeah yeah with what's (laughs) going on in pandemic and some of the places on the way yeah things like that and do that now we've seen it also here at coda when some of the when we know there are decisions that are about to be made we've seen people that otherwise had no business at coda Show up at that race, yeah, and you know they're in that conversation. Yeah. that's sure. the scenario that I is my perception of what we saw today.
2: Yeah, and Bob Vash, we had uh, Bobby on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, talking about this very topic, and he did not poo-poo it. He did not say no way. No. In fact, he was quite erudite. He said because uh, Indy was in the mix as well, and he said they can't do it. It's too cold in October. Uh, but we can, and we are open to it. We are. He said we have not spoken yet, but I'm open to the idea. Surely, in Hungary, he's talking about it. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Thinking, okay, another date in the United States. Now,
6: I'm, I'm sure Bobby and Company will have Coda covered. They'll be fine. I'm thinking about you know law enforcement for handling all that traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm a A restaurant owner or a uh, a racing tour operator? Am I blocking hotel rooms? Am I, you know, doing all the kind of prep that has to happen well in advance of such a thing? I mean, those sorts of hospitality folks are just going to be dying for an announcement sometime soon, as soon as possible, because it's already too late to be anything but crazy.
2: Yeah, and if I was a hotelier or restaurateur, I'd be delighted. MotoGP at the beginning of October, the possibility of two weekends of Formula One. The Rolling Stones are coming. Uh, I know my Trans Am series with SVRA will be here early November. So as far as I can see, that looks like a block of about five weeks. Add Formula Four, the W Series, FIAF3 finishing their series here. MotoGP. Um, MotoGP. Uh, It's getting busy in October. And then a bit of Halloween and UT football. Why not?
3: Well, I heard whispers that MotoGP was looking at an additional race for the season.
2: Oh, why not? We could have a full let's, weekend. Let's invite him to why, hang out. Why don't we have a double weekend? MotoGP <laughs> on a Saturday. and form, I, I can see Bob Varsha in his element.
6: <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so much fun. And you're right about you know how important a, a Formula One race can be to the city. Back in the Indianapolis days, any restaurant I went into I asked to see the manager and asked, okay, you get, you get NASCAR, you get IndyCar, and you get Formula One here in Indianapolis. Which race is the, the best and most profitable for you? To a man or woman, they all said Formula One. Mm. Those are the folks who come to town, spend the money, really enjoy themselves in a way that benefits all of us here working on the streets of uh, of Indianapolis or any other city for that matter. Formula One is such an economic juggernaut when it rolls into town, it just outstrips everything. Yeah. yeah, It could be a huge boon to the city of Austin, as well as to Circuit of the Americas and all of its fans.
3: Well, I heard during the pandemic, I heard some of the service industry talking about, okay, you know, you went into the restaurants, you know, and love, but you're getting food to leave. And uh, somebody started this slogan or this phrase, it was tip hard and go home. (laughs) Well, Formula One audiences usually do that. Anyway, they tip hard. <laughs> and so, you know it's it's not the beer budget crowd coming around or somewhere in between. these often the people that are traveling, especially this far away from the the most common of the circuits. Uh, yeah
2: and and, and I want to give them- a shout out to to Bobby himself uh, and his team because yeah. uh, they've gone through unbelievable hardship. Uh, which was, uh, you know, two years effectively. Uh, but he's kept the lights on. He's kept the staff there. Uh, yes, some of them furloughed for a while because that was the obvious place with no events. Um, but they are all in place and, and they can put on an event at any time. And, and as I said, the calendar uh, is ready to go with MotoGP and Formula One. So, uh, you know, Coda would, would could also do with this shot in the arm as well, never mind the city of Austin. And, and I hope that that happens for them them because, you know, uh, it's no mean feat keeping 1,500 acres with a lot of asphalt uh, and nothing going on. hmm Absolutely. So a lot to Thank think about. Heard. lot to think about. Go ahead, Bob. Well, I was just
6: thinking, Ed, Japan's also in some jeopardy. Yeah. We've all seen the skyrocketing uh, COVID numbers coming out of the Olympics. Um, so that may eliminate another race. And suddenly you've got this big hole in October and early November. So uh, there could be a, a, you know, pretty radical rejuggling of the schedule there. And I've got an idea for the musical act for a second race at COTA. Yes. Have yes. a battle of the bands. Have, have the best of Austin come out and play one after another. I mean, Austin is, what is it, the live music capital of America? Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, let's let people see why.
2: Yeah, and they are live music capital of the world. And, yeah, there's no question that... Um those bands need a venue to play at, too. They, too, have been suffering heavily. Uh, It's been a big story here in Austin, Texas, um, throughout the COVID uh, period. And, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Because that was my first question, which is, how can you top, you know, 250,000 fans and Billy Joel at the end of it? You can't. But if if another different race is beforehand... With maybe, I mean, maybe a qualifying race. Who knows? Uh, But something different that gives it uh, an identity. But having those those um, you know those cats of Formula One in town for another extra week, I think we could have some fun with them because they enjoy the city of Austin. They always do something funky, whether it's uh, ride the bull or go out to a ranch or I don't know, whatever they want to do. I'll, I'll throw this it.
6: out there, too. Uh, back in the day when I was traveling with the the series, as opposed to sitting in a studio calling races, there was a uh, there was a pickup band, if you want to call it, in Formula One. Journalists, team people. That's right. There's some very talented musicians working in Formula One doing other things. You know, you might you might pull together a uh, maybe a little bit of a ragtag. But, you know, these are. These are the actors, the players in the arena coming out to uh, entertain. So that might be fun, too.
2: Well, Joe Roberts plays in a band. He's the MotoGP Moto2 yep. guy. Uh, uh, Connor Daly plays Connor guitar. Connor Daly plays. Uh, yeah. You've got who else?
3: What What did uh, Alexander Rossi play? Keyboards at one point? He
2: may well have done. Uh, uh, yeah. So we, we, we could get a band together. Yeah, of course, we'll We could always drag out uh, Damon. we we'll out front. Damon Hill will be here. He plays guitar. Yeah. Uh, his son plays drums. Um, we could do that. Um, and look,
3: I, I bet I could get them into Antones if we don't have it out at Coda. You know, uh, yeah. How cool would that? Yeah,
2: we'll get Gary Clark we'll get, Jr. You to know, headline it.
3: Get or, or, or get pro musicians who happen to be car
6: guys like Michael Anthony and yeah, and True. what have you. You know, get Sammy to come back.
2: Up. Yes, Sammy Hagar come back. He can't drive fifty-five. Yeah. An all-star band. An all-star band. Um, looking ahead, Bob, we're running out of time, but looking ahead to that summer break, um, what have we learned? What are we learning? What's your take on what will happen? You, we've talked about Ricardo, but what about uh, your feeling on Botas? Should he stay or should he go? Um,
6: I think he should go. Mm. I think it'll be good for him. I mean, he obviously wants to be a team leader, wants to be a number one. He'll Mm -hmm. have that opportunity. Things are getting more competitive across the board. Uh, He could go to a place like Williams uh, um, or even, well, it's not gonna happen at Aston Martin, any Mercedes team, should he stay with the brand? Uh, And I think that would be good for him. Um, He has Lewis's support. Uh, and Lewis doesn't know what he might have to deal with if a George Russell comes and gets in that other car. So, you know, it's a, it's a real toss up, but I'm leaning toward the fact that Bottas might need to go, if only to take the heat off the team about what they're going to do about Botas.
2: Yeah. And also, I think if you're Mercedes, if you're Toto Wolff, which, by the way, has a big hand in obviously all of this uh, because George Russell is his boy. Um, But if you're looking towards the future, you mentioned the new car, 2022. Hamilton's not going to be around forever. I've got a feeling that uh, he's edging out of Formula One after his eighth title. Um, mm-hmm. because I think he wants to do other things and therefore you're going to have to rebuild the team around a new guy. And that is that guy Botas? I don't think it is. From their thinking Mm -hmm. and from his performance, but could George Russell be that guy? Certainly age-wise, and certainly from a team point of view, that would be the injection they needed. Plus, you would have a chance to give George Russell maybe one, two years with the maestro that is Hamilton, so he becomes uh more of a, a less of a rough diamond and the real McCoy.
6: And there's a there's another element to all this too, and that is the young drivers in your system, in the pipeline, they have to be assured that they will get a shot. Uh, you know, it may not be as soon as they want, but that there will be a seat in all likelihood for them down the road. It's a problem all the teams have, have dealt with that have these pipelines because uh, drivers are staying in the sport for so long. But, you know, you, you you can't have a pipeline. It doesn't serve a purpose
2: unless you give these guys opportunities. Yes, yeah, a very good point. Um, and, Les, you're a big Hamilton fan. What's your thoughts?
3: Uh, I, I do think Botas, is, it's, time to go he's out i don't think he's you know if he winds up on another team he doesn't bring energy a nice guy i enjoy speaking to him fast guy he's fast but he doesn't bring the energy that i think a number one driver on a team should bring to to energize the team i mean Mm -hmm. there's got to be that cohesiveness there's got to be that spirit of of here we go you know some we got some fresh blood but that fresh blood has to exude that energy itself. And I don't see that with Botas. I like him. George Russell, young-spirited, he's going to give him everything he's got to battling. And I think that would be wonderful to have Russell come into Mercedes, which I think is the most likely scenario. I'm well, not going to bet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let me throw this into the mix. Um, you know, uh, Formula One in Austin will also be the last race of the W Series, the women's series, and also the FIA F3 Series. And it's worth taking a closer look at what's going on there. There's several Red Bull juniors, including Liam Lawson, who's been winning in DTM, um, drove a Formula One car for the first time at Goodwood. um, But he is in F2. Uh, Then you've got um, FIA F3. We've got several Americans. Jack Crawford's in the hunt. Logan Sargent's in the hunt. Um, You know, we're going to see some of these guys coming through. So don't count out the junior series. I only need to point, Bob, to Sonoda to prove that, any of those guys, in and George Russell as well, any of those guys who are making it in GP2 or FIA F3 are worthy. No
6: question about it.
3: Hey, and we've got the W Series coming.
6: How long will it be before we have a female opportunity? Congratulations to Jamie Chadwick, who won the W Series race at the Hungaro ring. She and Alice Powell are having a terrific battle for that championship.
2: And what a name Jamie Chadwick is making for herself. Uh she's all over the IBM commercials and so on uh, nationally now.
3: Absolutely. And, and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got uh, we're in the queue to get Jamie Chadwick on to Speed City as well she's as Saber Cook. Uh that yep. uh, we're looking for fresh visits from those ladies.
2: Yeah, by the way, Saber Cook, look her up from Colorado. She is in the, the um W Series currently, she was racing at the Hungaro Ring this weekend. She's a really interesting girl. She's been racing here in the States. She also did a uh, one-year secondment to the Renault Alpine team, so she'll be happy today celebrating with them. Um, But we do have some skin in the game when it comes to the W Series because we have an American um, racing hard there, uh, a young girl from Colorado, Sabra Cook.
6: Yep. Engineering graduate.
2: So looking ahead, well, let's let's look back again. Let's just sum up what was an amazing uh, race in so many ways. Bob, I'll turn to you first. Bob, what the heck? Uh, there's so many highlights there. Pick one for me for you. Wow. Um,
6: the, the highlight that I will remember for a long time was Lewis Hamilton going to the grid for the restart alone because everybody else in the field went to the pit lane to pick up tires. And that put Lewis at an incredible disadvantage. But once again, Lewis came up with a Hamilton miracle and found himself on the podium at the end. It was a, a brilliant drive by him, but I guess we're just too accustomed to see Lewis doing this kind of thing.
2: Well, thanks, Bob Barsha. My thanks to Dave O'Neill and, of course, to Les Kaiser. I'm Jonathan Green. John Massagale will be returning next time out. but. What about a weekend of great racing from Hungary? The possibility of two races from Austin. Stay tuned. This is Speed City. We'll be right back next time around.
3: Hell y'all. Yeah.